was actually a tough period of my life, actually, because I lost my sister to, well, she was actually diagnosed, and then subsequently I lost my sister to breast cancer over that period of time. So it was really, really, I just remember it's a really, really tough period of my life because I was actually diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, people don't actually always realise what the symptoms of ovarian cancer are, and often people describe ovarian cancer as a silent killer. And then they CT scanned me and they came around and they said, um, well, you know, we found these large tumours in both of your ovaries. And then a few days later, I just couldn't move and I got taken into the emergency and basically one of the tumours had burst and I ended up going in as an emergency operation and having obviously the ovaries removed. And that's when they actually confirmed that it was definitely ovarian cancer. So we were really excited, we were due to open, there was new life on the way, it was like a new start, and then boom, you know, it's like you never know quite know what's around the corner. Because what's the choice? I mean, you know, I've, the choice is to lie in the gutter or to look at the stars. I believe everyone has a story to tell through seeking true authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey i provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen this is the county business talks podcast produced by h2 productions it's on or they don't they, 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 okay okay what's that sweet yeah yeah so we're good to go. Where are we now? We're I'm I'm, I'm losing track of the the guest I might vote. <laughs> what I'm, number I'm, are you, Sam? Nineteen. Wow, you nearly at the end. Thank you for coming in early for Sarah. Oh, it's, you're very welcome. It's um, very unusual for me to be up at this time of the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually quite an early riser, so I'm not usually too bad at it, but. I've been up since, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You've been up for a long yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, we've been up for a long time. <laughs> you know what? It's been one of the most magical things I've done, just having such amazing conversations with brilliant people. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And really humble and grateful for people that come on and, and put themselves out. So, look, thanks for coming on. I, I know we met, obviously, at the podcast show. Didn't yeah, we, we did. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time we met. Yeah, and um, and heard uh, quite a bit about your story. And it's fascinating. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful you're coming on and sharing. So, look, look we're going to kick straight off. Let's just tell the listeners a little bit about about yourself and your and your career. So, yeah, I'm um, Sarah, as you introduced me, yeah. you know. And um, crikey, where to begin? Well, with my career, um, I moved. Um, I'm from Derbyshire originally. So I came down to London after completing a beauty therapy course and I qualified back in 1988 and I moved down to London to develop my career down in the south and I then subsequently for various reasons, relationship reasons and what have you, ended up in Brighton, you know, with a guy whose job had been transferred down here. So that's cutting quite a long story short. But I'd already set up being mobile when I was 19 actually up in Surrey and I was just like, I just... I think my parents were quite entrepreneurial and I knew that I didn't really want to necessarily work for anybody else and I had done in London for a while and it hadn't quite worked out so I set up by myself and it had actually taken off really really well so that was really exciting 
it was a bit disappointing actually at the time to end up in Brighton because I'd actually developed this really exciting business in Surrey and then ended up like oh well, now we've got to go and I was like oh well you know how do I do that and so anyway we moved down here and actually it's been the best move that I ever made being in Brighton and I absolutely love it here um, and my business has grown organically so I went from that sort of mobile business in the beginning you know sort of and then sort of set up in my home when I started my family and um, you know fell pregnant couldn't sort of lug all that stuff around and um, and then that sort of developed on again and it sort of took the next stage where I set up a studio next to my home I also went into teaching for a while I did my teaching qualification and went into um, college, sort of uh, taught at Sussex Downs College um, for a few years, um, which was actually a tough period of my life, actually, because I lost my sister to, well, she was actually diagnosed, and then subsequently I lost my sister to breast cancer over that period of time. So it was really, really, I just remember it as a really, really tough period of my life. Um, and then actually, I think it was probably because of that and because my business was just going great guns as well, that I just really decided I had to make some big changes to my life because I was getting really burnt out, you know, yeah. as I think a lot of entrepreneurs can do, you know, we take everything on ourselves and yeah. I was just getting really, really burnt out. And so I decided to leave teaching. I took on my first member of staff. I sort of like, lost a portion of my income and then was giving away a portion of my income to somebody else at the same time. But again, that was the best thing that I ever did. I just realized I had to make some life choices because I was actually starting to get quite ill. Actually to make that step to, to, because when it when it's just you and you, you run about you and you spin all the plates and you do everything that's involved in running a business and then i think it, to, but no to scale it or to grow a little bit bigger you've got to take that leap of faith and you have yeah and that's quite massive because i've yeah. been on my own for years by that point do you know yeah, what i mean so i can't even think how old i would have been i probably would have been in my late 30s by this point so i've been by myself since i was 19 so you know it obviously really like growing that organically and then um, about eight years ago i made the next step and just saw a, a, a property come um, available around the corner from where i live and i thought I want it. And I just went for it. I had no idea how I was going to get it. And it was just like one of those manifestation times where you just go, I know that I'm going to have that building and I know that I'm going to make it work. But I don't know quite know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to. And actually, it was um, a leap of faith of one of my clients, actually, who um, who invested in my business and helped me get it set up. You know, she knew that I could do it. And that was one of the most humble things I think I've ever had, you know, experience that I've had in terms of somebody really believing in me and actually saying, I'll help to fund you. I love it. Cause I, I, I tell you what I find really interesting about that. But I spoke to one of the guests um, earlier. I spoke to Rachel Watkin who went on Dragon's Den. Oh, yeah. Um, and she, she got investment from the Oakfees and they, they were saying that they wasn't going to invest in in the business because it wasn't a they didn't think it was a great business but they actually invested in her and they bought her and uh, listen to you talk about that people are always really people buy from people yeah exactly and that's the thing but hopefully i had a great business as well Sam. but no you're absolutely right but i do i, I strongly i'm a strong believer in that that people people will buy from people and yeah investment yeah people. they're not just buying they can look because you can look at numbers and look at a, a sheet of paper and go oh, that's a really healthy looking business but 
normally they like, can't believe in the person that's running it. Exactly. And so, yeah, and so it's gone great guns, really, over the time. Obviously, we, we've been impacted by COVID, you know. I mean, we were in close contact services. We were closed the longest. Um, you know, like most businesses, we didn't know how we were going to survive, how we were going to fund things. Um, so, yeah, that was a tricky, you know, that, that was obviously tricky. And then, obviously, you know, that sort of moved in. Um, I think we we're going to be talking about in a while anyway. As soon as I was due to go back, I could develop cancer. And, you know, then I had to go through that journey. And but then now we're sort of going back into it since my illness. We've sort of slowly started to rebuild. We're actually specialised in skin treatments, really. Yeah. We're not general beauty. We specialise in really helping people with their skin. But not we're not talking about sort of putting artificial things into the skin here. We're talking about actually helping people with their skin health. Like they should be looking after any organ of their body. Yeah. It's actually helping people make the best of their lo the lar largest organ of their body. Yeah. And helping to improve people's confidence just by giving people an amazing skin really yeah amazing amazing so, but, and so that, that's the business that you've been running for what nearly three decades yeah now. exactly so yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly in, 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 which is interesting because obviously i was involved in hairdressing for for a few years before we point we had oh i remember you saying hair, actually yeah hair in the bottom floor and then um, Barbara in the second floor and then Beauty on the top floor and it's such a big I mean I worked with Dermalogica for a little while oh yeah yeah when I introduced the shave range it was Dermalogica that we use so yeah and it, it's so it, it's fascinating actually. yeah it I is it's a fast pace in, industry yeah, really fast yeah, yeah. And amazing but great that from I say from 30 years of, of uh, uh, it, being within be within that industry to talk to me about i, I am keen to learn I, over three decades of, of running a business talk to me about some of the some of the challenges global <laughs> pandemic included I guess, but. well yes i mean i think actually the biggest one is just maintaining that work-life balance you know that really is a big in especially when i was by myself and even following on from you know then managing other people you know so the it, it changes when you're by yourself you can control it by yourself when you're you know working with other people and i love working with a team but you know obviously that brings different challenges should yeah, we say so you know i think but maintaining the work life balance and not getting burnt out has been i think my biggest challenge and there's been a few times where i've been quite close to burnout because i'm as my partner James will tell you, I'm a, I'm a doer and I move on to the next thing and I move on to the next <laughs> thing and I get excited and, you know, but I, yeah, well, that's naturally, I think, as you say, the way we are. But I'm, I'm keen with the, with the work-life balance for you, is it, is it because do, do, do you struggle to switch off them from, from the business? Is that a... Um, I can do. <laughs> James, my partner's here, and nodding his head in the yeah. corner. I'm not too bad because I think in the evening I can sort of just send switch off or whatever, and I can sit and relax or you know, and things like that. I haven't been. I think I'm better now than what I used to be, but I definitely used to have issues more so. But I think now I do have my work. I believe I have my work-life balance better yeah. than what I used to. I mean, there's still times, but and I have my fingers in about five different projects at the moment, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, to, to, maybe to, I'm not so good to, at it. To, to <laughs> oh, crikey. So I'm, um, um, there's a few of us who have collaborated for, we have set up what's called the Skin Professionals UK. So we help to advise other people in developing and giving best practice around skin, uh, around their own mm -hmm. skin businesses. And we're actually setting up courses to help other people develop their own businesses. So that's one thing. Um, we've set up our own podcast as well. 
um you know we the podcast is helping to well, i'm hoping it's going to help because we only launched our first episode this week um hoping to help inspire other people how who have uh, you know had sort of because i've had quite a lot of trauma myself and my partner james have had quite a lot of traumas in our lives and but we've come through we believe in really positive ways and we just wanted to share other people's stories about how people can overcome adversity and challenges in their lives in a really positive way so i've got that we've got um i'm sort of looking about setting up sort of a um, going into some coaching training um and selling some or selling advising people should we say on on home care for their skin at home but really wanting to help people who have got um, maybe like body dysmorphia or feel that they need to change themselves in certain ways to, you know, uh, going back to sort of like injectables, Botox or fillers or feeling that they've got to have cosmetic surgeries to change the way they look because they feel so bad about themselves. I actually really want to help um, help them promote pr positive body image, you know, mm -hmm. and living a healthy lifestyle. And that includes obviously looking after ourselves. And I think that's for me, that's part of self care anyway. Um, but not having to maybe, you know, some of do some of those more extreme things because they hear that the this influencer shouting about that or this or, you know, and especially because the younger ones are being so influenced by that side of things, um, you know, so social media. It's so much out there, isn't there? It's just constantly, you know, and, and people put their highlight reels out there and this element of perfection and what that should look like. And we're all looking at that. And, and like I said, not so much maybe me now and maybe us, but certainly that younger generation, they are influenced by that. They really are. I mean, social media and, and just media in general, yeah. television and in celebrities, I think they, you know, have a lot to, you've got to be, yeah, it is, you know, and they haven't, I don't, well, I don't believe they've got, they're fully responsible. No, no. And although, for example, I don't necessarily like Dove as a brand, <laughs> Dove, Dove as, as a company, I think they have a, <laughs> a fantastic philosophy mm. around how they try and look at the um, beauty in a, in a very positive way yeah. and it's about say positive aging instead of you know it being about you know that growing old gracefully i guess yeah. you know and we can just help you but we don't need to change you yeah. um what else quite, i got my fingers in it's quite a powerful message I think. yeah it is it is and it's one i really want to start shouting about yeah. and you know and i'm very passionate about that as well and then obviously i've got my skin clinic as well so mm. You know that's still ongoing um and we're as i say we're still building up after the pandemic i'm sure there's something else as well but i've i think i've lost what, what else, you know that's the thing it's i'm like yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> interesting with the skin clinic then so as, as a, how many staff at the, at the time we had i think at one point we had six actually yeah. but we're now at four so um we are looking for somebody yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to come and join our team we are looking for another therapist to come and join our team at the moment because we're really busy and we need to take it back up again but you know again we kept the team small after the pandemic and we just sort of you know say re started to re regroup and redevelop and now we're at the point we need some help yeah, yeah, well, but, uh, have you found like obviously since growing the team a little bit then like you talked about the work-life balance when you're when you're on your own and then obviously like you say it brings some other challenges bringing in a team but uh, 
to, to help with that work-life balance, knowing that you've got a, a strong team in place that you yeah. have to take a little bit of a... My team are wonderful. I'll have to say that I'm on a podcast. You yeah. know. <laughs> no, if they were listening, and even if they're not listening, my team are great. I mean, they've been really, really supportive. Yes, we have had some challenges over the time, and they'd be the first to admit we've all had some challenges. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the team I have in place at the moment are my ideal team, and they are just, they've supported me every step of the way through my illness. They had to keep my whole business running when I wasn't able to do, you know, wasn't able in a position to actually yeah. able to run it myself. I mean, you, you, you obviously mentioned it just there about obviously about your illness. Can, can, are you okay to just delve a little bit into that? Obviously, last yeah, year, yeah. We got the news, obviously, diagnosed with cancer. Just talk to me a little bit about, I guess, you, 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 that journey and your mindset around there, and when you get that sort of news. And, yeah it is a really tricky one actually um it wasn't a conventional way of being di being diagnosed because and i'm very happy to talk about it because i think everybody needs to know um because i was actually diagnosed with ovarian cancer um people don't actually always realize what the symptoms of ovarian cancer are and often people describe ovarian cancer as a silent killer because often the um the symptoms, sorry, it's early in the morning, uh, the sim <laughs> and I've been up all night. <laughs> the yeah. symptoms of um, ovarian cancer are often mistaken for gastrointestinal problems. So people often just think, oh, I've got a bit of IBS or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how it actually started for me. Um, we travelled to Mexico over the, towards the, well, I can't say the end of the pandemic, so I don't think it ever really finished, did it? <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the time when we were due to open, open up our businesses again, which was around Easter of 2021, and we travelled to Mexico because we were trying to get into the United States because my son was getting married over there because basically his um, now wife was pregnant unexpectedly she'd gone back to the states for a period of time and they wanted to bring her back to the uk on a spousal visa so they wanted to get married and then bring the you know have them both here so and um, the baby was you know here and they were both here as a couple so we traveled to mexico because we couldn't get directly into the united states at the time they were blocking anybody from the uk from going in but we could get to mexico and then go to the united states so I was you know, having a lovely time in Mexico and just chilling out and um, all the rest of it. And um, I was with my son and my daughter, just the three of us had gone. And about 10 days into it, I just, I've been feeling a bit bloated all the way through. But you know what? You always think I'm bloated. I'm on holiday. I've got a change of diet, a change of scenery, you know, and you always sort of feel a little bit uncomfortable. But about 10 days into it, I actually started... I went to bed and I just started getting um, kidney pain and stomach pain and just feeling really nauseous and sick. Mm -hmm. So I was like, the following day, I just got up and I just thought, oh, okay, I'll really rehydrate today. Perhaps I've drunk a little bit too much over the 10 days or whatever, you know, and I'll just really rehydrate and have a bit of a self-care day and take it a bit easier and see what, you know, what, because during the day I didn't feel too bad, funny enough. Anyway, I went to bed that night, was a little bit better, still didn't feel brilliant, but I was a bit better, so I thought, you know, the following day I'll do the same sort of thing. Had a couple of glasses of wine with my dinner, but very small ones that particular night, went to bed and felt shocking. And I thought, well, this can't be down to just two small, very small glasses of wine, you know. I've got kidney pain, I've got um, stomach pain, I'm just... Um, feeling bloated. I actually was getting, waking up in the night. I was being sick. I think by the time six o'clock in the morning came, I think I was sick. And then 
I had a migraine come on from that, and I just thought, oh, you know what, this is, there's something just really not right here. But still, didn't put it to think. Obviously, I think of it anything you know worse than just some sort of gastrointestinal bug or yeah, something, sure. um, or maybe some kidney, um, you know, sort of infection or something yeah. like that. And so I called the hotel doctor who obviously prodded me and she only prodded me for it felt like about 30 seconds. And she went, oh, you need to go down to the hospital and have a CT scan. And I was like, okay, you know, have you got travel insurance? Yes. Okay, we're going to call an ambulance and we're going to send you down to the hospital. And I was like, okay. So my son came with me because again, COVID and things like that, you couldn't really have too many people like trudging the hospital. My daughter stayed back at the um, at the hotel. My son's very pragmatic and got into practical mode. <laughs> yeah. My, son, my daughter probably would have gone into flappy mode. <laughs> and um, so he came with me and, you know, came so he could sort out all the insurance and everything else. And so, yeah, and then they CT'd, scanned me, and they came around and they said... Um, well, you know, we found these large tumours in both of your ovaries. And although your blood tests are actually showing that your cancer markers are normal, we do suspect it's cancer from the way they present themselves on the scan. So, of course, I'd had a little touch of cervical cancer back when I was 35. So I'd had a part hysterectomy. I'd had my uterus and my cervix removed mm -hmm. already. Um, so the only thing they'd left behind was the ovaries. Um, but it was caught very early grade. Um, so of course I was very shocked, still feeling very poorly. They're pumping me full of fluids. I was so pumping me full of fluids. I was bloating more and more and more, but they said, well, you either need to stay and have your operation or you need to go home. Yeah. And of course, insurance company weren't going to pay, you know, keep me over in Mexico. They wanted me back home. So I missed my son's wedding, which was really unfortunate oh. and got flown immediately back home, which was the most horrendous journey of my life because I nearly passed out on the flight and still in pain, still in pain, just feeling, feeling awful. You know, the wheelchair at Heathrow wheeled me through to James, who was waiting for me, you know, in our vehicle. They were so good. You know, they wheeled me straight out. I jumped in the vehicle and just went and burst into tears and just went, get me home, you know, and yeah. I stayed at home for a few days and then went into hospital and because of COVID and everything else. And I was kept in the contagious diseases ward, would you believe? I wasn't kept in gynae. And so I felt really isolated and wasn't really didn't feel I was appropriately dealt with at the time. And I had a drain because I was so bloated and they took 12 litres of fluid out of my abdomen. Um, which actually made me feel great for a couple of days. And then all the symptoms started again. And then a few days later, I just couldn't move and I got taken in as an emergency and basically one of the tumours had burst and I ended up going in as an emergency operation and having obviously the ovaries removed. And that's when they actually confirmed that it was definitely ovarian cancer. So it was quite a journey by this point. And, but actually the good news was, if there was any good news, was that it was contained. It was yeah. contained to the ovaries, but of course, because one of the tumours had burst, they really had to go belt and braces and give me chemo and, you know, all the rest of it to make sure yeah. that it stayed, you know, didn't actually, there wasn't these little microscopic scale cells that could, you know, travel off and yeah. sort of set themselves up somewhere else. So, so far, so good. I've been in remission for a year, but do you mind me swearing on the show? No, oh, it's a bit of a mind fuck, obviously, yeah, you know, course, ultimately, because... You know, you always have that thing whenever you get a symptom afterwards, you know, oh, is it back? Is it back? You have, yeah. you know, and I'm a positive person, as, as we've, already, we've already discussed briefly. Yeah. But, you know, 
any it's just normal behavior any, any cancer is you know you always are going to have those suspicions has it come back especially i think in the early days yeah. because you know they say the first couple of years and it's only been a year so the first couple of years is always your time where you know the higher risk of it coming back and you know and the, and the prognosis isn't great if it does come back so that's always a bit of a concern back of your mind i guess yeah you say for yeah that tip period until people i've spoke to in the past uh, and exactly that like, until you get past that Years of yeah, exactly. I don't know if it will probably ever go away completely, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I think it will get easier over over the time. That's what I'm hoping, anyway. You know. How long was the chemo for? That was six rounds. So every so every three weeks, I was having chemo. So six rounds every three weeks, and yeah, I lost all my hair. Um, but fundraisers around that, which I think fundraisers around that, which I think we're going to come on to as well. But um, yeah, I lost all my hair. I, you know, didn't feel great, but you know, I kept going. I didn't work, obviously. I sort of took some time out, as I said earlier, in my business. But um, yeah, a couple of yeah, Thank you for thank you for sharing that. And I, I, I want to touch on a couple of bits. One, I guess, just quickly about the business side of it. That that you're in that position and you. you, you like you said, you've got a team in place, but so much of that's down to you, I guess, creating a culture, culture and a great team. Yeah, I hope so. That, but yeah. to be able to, because not, not every business owner may be in that position where they go, oh, I'm, I'm coming out of, I've got to come out of the business completely and, and, and rely on them, that team to still run that. Yeah, like, yeah. Ultimately, I guess, over the period of, of many years and, and growing it to that stage and culture and, values and stuff that you've instilled in, in those people that they can carry on yeah yeah exactly of a great leader yeah and I think it was a hard time for them because we were just coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, literally, I put—I remember, always remember, I put a post out just before I went off to Mexico, yeah. and it was all about hope. And it was saying you know, how excited we were. We were going off to Mexico. You know, I had, a, you know, the, the, there was a baby on the way. You know, yeah. my little granddaughter now, who's coming up towards a year, she wow. she she um, arrived just a couple of weeks after my last chemo session. So that was like a new start, and. Um, yeah, and, you know, business was due to reopen on, I always remember it was April the 12th, you know, and this was obviously around the end of March at this point. So we were really excited. We were due to open. There was new life on the way. It was like a new start. And then, boom, you know, it's like you never know quite know what's around the corner. <laughs> I think that's, uh, obviously, COVID taught us that. I think on a, on a global scale, it taught us all that. Didn't we? Yeah. We to pause and we go, actually, reflect on life and but like, I guess on a personal level, like, like you say, to, to go through that within the industry you did and, and come out of it and do okay, and, and then to get that news, like, oh, just, you're, like you said, like, I've, met you, I've met you before briefly, and, and, and obviously speaking to James and hearing your story, like, you ultimately you do it, you, you can tell you're you enthusiastic. That's why I was so excited <laughs> when you said about coming in, just because I was like, speaking to people on, on camera is great, but you know, having someone in, obviously, in the ear and with your enthusiasm, and, and it's certainly helping me. Well, oh, well, I hope it's keeping you awake. <laughs> that's what I mean. I can, I can get that energy from you, but that positivity that that that, 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 that comes off of you. But I'm, I'm keen to just explore that a little bit. When when you get that diagnosis and, and you know, you've got to go through chemo and stuff, do, do you pull on those 
those skills, I guess you've got that positive yeah, mindset. Yeah, I think you have to actually, to be honest, you know, because what's the choice? I mean, you know, I've, the choice is to lie in the gutter or to look at the stars, as we've always used a sort of analogy between us, you know, so you choose to look at the stars. I mean, the journey does go a little bit further in terms of the fact that I was then tested for the um, breast cancer gene, um, the, what's called BRCA gene. So, um, and it was discovered that I was actually um, genetic and that I've actually got the BRCA1 gene, which means I'm actually also at a 70% risk of getting breast cancer in my lifetime. So it also means I need to go on to have, well, potentially, um, I'm advised to potentially have further surgery on my breast to have a double mastectomy to have those removed but because potentially it's like a ticking time bomb on my chest so that's another part of the journey and sadly the it doesn't stop there because having lost my sister to breast cancer 12 years ago we now discover that she must have had the BRCA gene and mm -hmm. uh, my two nieces my sister's children have also developed this BRCA gene uh, you know not developed it they've inherited this BRCA gene as has my own daughter so they all have to go through their own surgeries and their own journey with you know maybe having their ovaries removed in the future having their breasts removed um over the next year actually mm -hmm. um and my daughter will also have to well, is potentially advised to have ivf to start a family so that they can actually stop the you know the BRCA gene from you know going down the family so you do have to have positive mindsets because otherwise you will just fall apart you know mm -hmm. and it's just a bit, a bit of for me i feel like i actually took one for the team should we say if it hadn't been for me and my diagnosis yeah. and that's the way I have to look at it that they wouldn't have known yeah, yeah, yeah. so and they could have potentially developed cancers so I take something really positive away from all that and I can feel myself getting emotional as you can see when yeah, I talk about it yeah. so you know it's it's a biggie but yeah you just you have to don't you yeah. because otherwise I'm just going to go and lie under my duvet and pull it over my head which I don't really want to do that's not an option <laughs> so in so, so I mean, to listen, like, like I say, when I heard your story and, and James mentioned to me for the first time I spoke to him about it, it was, and so thank you for coming on and sharing that, obviously, so openly and racing. And I, I want to talk, obviously, move on about some, obviously, over the past few years, you've done some incredible <laughs> challenges that I, I really want to explore. And I know that, that come from, uh, as well, not obviously just from, from, from cancer as well, but from obviously, yeah, quite a beautiful relationship, I, I believe you'd mentioned to me. Um, well, my ex, my ex husband, and not really so much that actually. My ex husband, I wouldn't say I had an abusive relationship. No, my ex husband was a bit of an alcoholic, which didn't really help. And sadly, yeah. he passed away actually earlier this year due to you know sort of some drinking issues. No, it's actually a, um, my started my challenges because of um, just a difficult period in my current relationship that we were going through at the time, and uh, and we're we're really sound now because we're getting married in a few few weeks uh, so, but at that time we were going through a little bit of a tricky period as many yeah. relationships do we've been together for 20 years yeah, and yeah. Um, and I just needed something fresh in my life and so this uh, it dropped I, I was a advocate of um, a supporter of the chestnut tree house um, yeah, yeah. a charity uh, which supports um, children children's hospice for those people who don't know in Sussex and it, this leaflet fell through my door about doing uh, walking some of the Great Wall of China that's about seven years ago now yeah. I think it fell through my door about eight years ago but it was seven years ago when I did it and that just I loved the, doing that I absolutely signed up straight away I loved it so much met some incredible people 
people. And it just got me on this roller coaster for um, a journey for just doing challenges. So a couple of years later, I did Cambodia and hiked across Cambodia for the chestnut tree again. And then two years after that, I did, uh, which was actually in 2019, just a few months before we shut down, I then did Peru to the Machu Picchu. Wow. So, um, yeah, then, um, and then really, obviously, you know, we've heard my journey from the pandemic and, you yeah. know, my illness. So when, when I was losing my hair, um, we decided that we were going to do a head shave and we were just going to do it for charity. We might yeah. as well raise a bit of money if we could. So it was a bit of a, an emergency situation because it was actually going out quite rapidly. By that point, I could almost pull it out by the handful. Yeah. So James's daughter came around and with her, because she used to be in the hairdressing industry as well, and yeah. with her head, head clippers and said, right, we're, we're going to do it tonight. And it was a bit of a last minute, right, we're going tonight. So I put it across my network. So I networked with a lot of people. So I put it across my groups and on my social media pages and everything else. And it just... I wouldn't say it went viral because it didn't go viral, but we actually raised five and a half grand wow. from that head shave, which wow. was just, and our target was 250 quid. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just amazing. It was just wow. absolutely amazing. And so, and then I subsequently, during my treatment, um, one of my network, talking about my network of people, I network with a lot of other um, salon and, you know, beauty salon owners and things like that. And um, they were going up to hike Snowden. And I said, well, I really, really want to come and hike Snowden, but I don't know if I can because I'm having chemo. And they, and they were like, well, come along anyway and just sort of see, you know, we'd love to see you anyway. Anyway, I said, well, I'm going to have to see because it's two days after I'm due chemo and, I, you know, but sometimes you're on steroids for the first few days. So you get a bit of a steroid high and, you know, I might be able to do it. I don't know. Anyway, I went in to have chemo this one particular day and actually I was too ill for chemo. I was neutropenic. And so they sent me away and said, you're going to have to come back next week. We're going to have to see if your white blood cells have raised. So I said to James, I said, well, just drive me to Snowden then and we'll see how I feel when I get down there. Because I felt okay, you know, in myself I felt okay, you know, my immune system was telling me something different, but my head, you know, was actually saying, no, you're fine. So I did it. I actually went and hiked Snowden and I made it. It was, um, it was a challenge. My knee went though more than anything else. And uh, but I think chemo affects your joints and things. I haven't quite appreciated that. And I came down Snowden backwards because it was the only way I could actually come down. And by the time I caught off the mountain, it was about midnight uh, because we had gone up for sunset. So we'd gone up later in the afternoon yeah. anyway, but I was the last off. One of the girls who's, you know, I'll give her a big shout out if she ever this, if she ever listens to this dawn, was just absolutely amazing and stayed with me all the way. And, you know, just kept me, kept me, kept me cheerful, shall we say as well. Yeah. It, was, it was, that was a challenge just by itself. And I came and did it, but it did make me a little bit poorly it? afterwards. Just the knee. It was just the knee. No, you know, it was just a, a, a fatigue in the knee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but, yeah. <laughs> back, to, back to that mindset. And, you know, you're going through chemo. And can see you're going through chemotherapy. But then to, to take, again, something positive out of a negative situation and be able to go, 
Yeah, exactly. You know, and it all went to the Sussex Cancer Fund as well. You know, so which is a brilliant local charity. If you don't mind me giving them a little shout out, because you know they're only two people who work there. So all the money that they raise goes into giving back to people in Sussex who are going through cancer. So anybody in Sussex who um, has had cancer will have been helped by the Sussex Cancer Fund. You know, it's not purely the NHS. They support the NHS as well. So yeah, they're an amazing charity so uh, do look them I, up I, I know i know Paul, i know i think you should join yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but we've done it we've covered it a few times in the magazine for them um, and we obviously every year we offer charity space to to all charities and and that's been amazing actually uh, the christmas issue that we offer that just purely on the basis that i get to find out about so many different charities which offer free space to them so just because it's so many charities in but obviously i'm passionate about rocking horse because it's, it's yeah. close to my heart yeah and they say my son's life says this i've got that but we've all got personal journeys we have and we've all got only got personal journeys but we're all, all, there's so many charities out there that, that uh, help and support people and that, but they just need it to have some exposure sometimes and be shouted about because people don't necessarily know and they've got great ambassadors like yourself yeah there, <laughs> Snowden, <laughs> and then i finished off with the last challenge i did was this year i did a husky sledging challenge across lapland so that was after i finished my treatment but it was actually only a few months after i finished my treatment and i think i was still suffering i did actually find that a particularly challenging funny enough and mm. uh, you know i think um it was physically physically demanding when my body hadn't quite recovered enough but it was amazing and again went on to raise a bit more and i think overall over the last over my journey um over the year i raised about ten thousand pounds for the sussex cancer fund so i'm quite chuffed with that congratulate that thank you that is absolutely amazing yeah. and again just so inspiring again to take such a because so many people would be in that situation i guess and have to deal with it in a certain way and you know and rightly so you can go into a hole and just go right, i'm just going to get through this and do it but to, to do it with such a positive attitude but actually not just to just do a positive attitude but then to go out <laughs> and actually raise extra money for well, it's about giving back by that yeah, point, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But okay, like with, with your mindset, like what, what strikes me, I guess, is that being an entrepreneur or from such a young age and that entrepreneurial spirit and the, the skills that you've got from that as with the challenges that you've faced in your personal life, like those skills that you've got in business and have, have clearly have helped you within your, the struggles in your personal life as well being because having that mindset that you've clearly got that entrepreneurial belief and that positivity that that's helped you clearly drop just by the story you're sharing now that and that's helped you overcome a personal traumatic incident i guess yeah and definitely has yeah without a doubt that's incredible. what such a such a fascinating story I mean, look i'm You've alluded to obviously all the plates you're spinning at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> with the, with the pro, and obviously, how, how could I not talk about a little bit more about a podcast, I guess, and uh, being that we're on a podcast and I love podcasts. And I'm so, when we made a podcast show, and you sort of said, oh, thinking about doing our own one, and it's so brilliant that, that you guys are doing that. And uh, I wish you, um, yeah, I know the first episode's come out, so I definitely can't wait to Yeah, see it. no, it came out on Tuesday, and it actually started with my story, and then right. James's story comes out um, the week after next. And then we've had some amazing guests on. We've had. Um, a lady, you know, who's um, gone through some 
should we say persecution? So it's types of persecution, really, mm. you know, because she's Indonesian and um, she's, you know, obviously sort of um, gone against the family wishes of, you know, being t typically Muslim and all the rest of it. So she's had some death threats. We've had, got another lovely lady who's also got BRCA, who um, has got a small charity and it's, she shares about her own BRCA journey. Um, Oh, crikey. I'm just trying. We've got, you know, a couple of people. Um, oh, we had one, one guy who, um, oh, it's sort of like his family were part of the IRA and, you know, and so his journey and uh, how, you know, how, how his childhood was with that. And mm -hmm. we've got some amazing stories and lots of other people, you know. Well, at the moment, I think we've recorded about six, something like that. We're hoping to release them every couple of weeks. So we're still in the editing phase and getting them out there. You know, as we were saying earlier, it's about the editing sometimes. <laughs> it can be a challenge. But I'm so, I'm so pleased. I'm glad, like I said, when we met, thing you was, you was thinking about it. I'm so glad you started. And I can't wait to listen to it. Well, it's called Cold Coffee Podcast, if I'm allowed to say that. Well, I've said it already. Subscribe, subscribe. We'll definitely be sharing it back. Thank you. Well, as I say, I think it's all about rebuilding my business, as I say, after COVID or continuing to rebuild my business, mm. finding that new member of staff, um, going into this coaching that I was telling you about as well, you know, so I sort of shared it really in some ways, you know, this, this, and helping people who just really need to, need to, or should, I feel, learn to love themselves so that, that where they are. I, you know, I, I know for, as a personal thing that I don't like to feel judged, so I really try and have the philosophy of not trying to judge others too much. And therefore, you know, if I don't like to feel judged, then why do I want to judge others? And I, and I feel, and the same with ourselves, you know, we need to start to learn to love ourselves and not to, not to judge ourselves. So I really sort of want to start sharing that message and really starting a movement towards trying to stop influences, as I said earlier, sharing very negative messages um and actually helping people to learn to love themselves for who they are so that's sort of like my it's a journey i'm only just starting on so i'll be able to clarify that message as i nail it down in the coming weeks but yeah it's uh, i'm really excited to that's yeah my my next new thing <laughs> as well as everything else certainly wish you it sounds like it's an amazing message and a powerful one. Yeah, yeah, I'm really so. super. I mean, I'd love to even go to schools and share that, you know, with teenagers and things so yeah, they can absolutely. learn to, you know, not be so harsh on themselves and not to be so harsh on other people because yeah. there's too much bullying in schools and things yeah, like that absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for coming on and obviously sharing, sharing your story. We're going to finish as always with our quick fire questions if we can. Um, what, what one piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Well, it's actually probably more than one, but I'll say it very quickly. So it's sort of one, but it always, yeah, again, to just carrying on, carrying on from what we just said, but to not to worry about what people think of you, you know, just get out and live life to the full, really. You know, we've only got this one life and we need to live it to the full. Well, you know, some people might believe that we go on to another one, but we, we don't know that. So let's yeah. just live what we've got here and to be present and not to worry about what we can't control. 
who's been the biggest inspiration throughout your life and why? Uh, it's actually been my partner, James. He really has. Yeah. I mean, obviously not throughout my life, but I mean, 20 years has been a big portion of that. Yeah, sure. He's I mean, he's just been such a support to me all the way through. He's been my rock and, you know, he's always been loving and kind. Um, he just put, he puts up with me when I'm being moody and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, again, tries not to judge. And it's just always inspired me to be able to achieve whatever I set my mind to. And it's just been there every step of the way. Could you recommend a book or podcast? Oh, I've already plugged it enough. <laughs> then I have to mention a book that I'm, and it's, I need to reread it actually. Um, but it's always stuck in my mind. It's called The Enlightened Gardener by Sydney Banks, and it's um, about um, explaining the three principles of consciousness, thought, and mind. And it's just done in a really a way that actually tells the story rather than just being like a self-help book that um, you know you should follow the follow this this and this as a gardener telling these psychologists you know about these principles and and he just puts it into story form and I just think it's 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 an awakening should we say for anybody who um, you know who'd like to sort of look more into their spirituality Love that. amazing and the final one what is your one rule for living a fulfilled life? Again, I can't quite nail it down to one, I'm afraid, Sam. But, you know, it's, um, it's very quick again. It's being present, not overthinking the future, and setting positive, flexible goals, and spending time with family and friends. Love that. Oh, traveling. Can I just add traveling? Because I love traveling and I just think traveling needs to be there as well. Because for me, anyway, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. travel, you know, seeing the world and getting out there and seeing what's beyond our own doorstep. You're the second person actually that said that today, travel. And he, he, he was actually, he recorded, he's from Worthing, but he, he was in Sydney at the time. So he'd done like the four o'clock in the morning because <laughs> he was over in Sydney. But he, he, that was one of his, and he was like, travel goes if you can get a chance to travel. That definitely. Yeah, is. yeah. The, the one for me that I take out that pre being present. Yeah. Is, again, back to that work life balance thing and trying to, I, I still struggle with that. And I'm, it's something I'm certainly I'm looking at for myself and trying to, trying to improve. And, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, making sure I'm being present in that moment. Yeah, it's all about now, you know, it is about the now, yeah, absolutely. because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, as I've, yeah. as I've you know, already explained and discovered. So, absolutely. you know, let's just worry about, or not even worry, but look at now, be here and present now, and then tomorrow will come and it'll bring its own new things. And, you know, it's still good to set goals, I believe, as I said, yeah. you know, you can set goals, but make them flexible, you know, yeah, because yeah. things change as well. Our minds change and they yeah, sometimes of go off in a different direction. So you can set a goal, but I think they have to be flexible goals. And because certain, you know, sometimes life throws a different curveball. Yeah, absolutely. So again, what a brilliant way to finish. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, well, thank story. you for having me and inviting me on. It's I've just been, been you know, loved it. Listen, wish you every success with the podcast. Well, I can't wait to end your other ventures, but I'm really keen to obviously I'll share the podcast. And yeah, no, that's great. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that is a wrap. Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. This is the Counter Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions.